Okay, uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, today's daf is daf Mem Zayin. We're going to go from the last line of uh, Mem Vav Amud Beis 46b. So the Gemara says, um, we, we, we bring this on, we'll see it's very connected to what we've been discussing regarding giving honor to someone uh, more senior, etc. So he says, We don't honor someone on the road, on the way, or on a bridge. The, on the road, we can understand. If you keep on like pausing to let your Rebbe in, you can't stop on the middle of the highway to let your Rebbe in. You're going to cause a traffic jam, if not an accident. So therefore, when you're traveling on the road, you don't show cover to your Rebbe and say, you go first. Um, also, on a bridge, I can understand the reason, but I think I'm sus- suspecting that their bridges weren't as secure, and you don't want to wait on a bridge. You cross the bridge uh, efficiently. But I'm not sure why, by, uh, why we have to mention a bridge separately. Says and not with dirty hands. I, it's not an honor to tell uh, the godel, you, uh, you can go first, you can go first, because uh, your hands are dirty. So that's not a risk. that's not an honor to him. So therefore, there's that, there isn't that concept of honor by washing hands. Anyone can really wash their hands first if their hands are dirty. As we mentioned yesterday regarding. Uh, the Mazuman, the person whose hands are, uh, the person who's going to lead the benching should be the fifth last person. The fifth last or the last? Fifth last, sorry, fourth last or the first? Up, yeah, up to five people, he should be the first. If they're more than five people, he should be the fifth last. Yeah. But isn't that when they were traveling towards each other? Um, it is a Gomorrah somewhere, but I, I think that was with like you on a mountain and it's a one lane or something like that. Which one moves to the side for the other one? But yeah, it's Mishum Kovod. Do you pull over to let your Rebbe first because of Kovod? That would be the question here. And here it says you don't. You know what I'm saying? Here it's because, no, but there it wasn't to show Kovod to the, there it's not an aspect of Kovod. Here the question is Mishum Kovod. Okay, Mishum, other reasons. If only one person can go first, who do you let first, whatever. But here you're both traveling, uh, you're both traveling in the same road in the same direction. So then there's no mala to say to your Rebbe, go first, because you're just going to cause traffic when you pull over on the side and he has to go around you and then carry on. Yeah, we better. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, go on. Rabin Vabai Havuka Ozli Baurcha. Rabin Vabai were traveling on the road. Kadme Khamre de Ravin Labaya. Ravin's donkey was in front. Veloy Omar lay nasal and he didn't say to Abaya, you go first. So Omar Abaya commented, Midasolik Hamir Abonan Mimarova, Gasle Data, because he thinks he's from Erich Israel, he's, he's being arrogant, he's better than us, and that's why he doesn't let me go first. Kimota Lepitra the Baiknishta, when they reached the entrance of the Shul, Omar lay Naomar, he said to him, you go first. So wait now. Ravin, so that's what Abai says. Omar lay, but hashta lavmar ana. Up until now, wasn't at the senior rob. I on the road, you never let me pass. Here, all of a sudden, when we come into shul, you say you go first. Now you're showing me honor. What I was, I just became a rebbe now, a rav now. So he says, no, Omar lay, hachi Omar rebbe yochanan, rebbe yochanan said, ein mechavdim elo bepesech sheish mezuzah. You only show honor to someone on a room that has a mezuzah. I a proper a doorway on the roads. There isn't the concept of showing honor. Delays by mezuzah in. Delays by mezuzah. You, Lord, you telling me that only on a house which has a doorway which has a mezuzah you should show this honor. Elamiato beis akneses or beis amidrash delays by mezuzah hachan amidai mechavdim. But well, if this is the case, the shul and the beis amidrash which do not have a mezuzah, you do not show honor. 
Remember, that's the, the strict halacha. I mean, it's a big discussion, but people don't live in a shul, so therefore you don't need to put a mezuzah there. So what, you're telling me if you've got you and the rabbi walking into shul, you no reason to say to the rabbi, go first, you step in first, because there's no mezuzah. It says, no, we're talking about the sort of doorway that could have a mezuzah. A normal doorway as opposed to the roads or something like that. Back to discussing uh, um, etiquette and halachas regarding uh, who goes first at a meal. So, Rav Shmuel, Bashila said in the name of Rav, You're not allowed to ta- eat anything until the one who says Hamotzi has tasted from the bread. Yosef Rav Safavakomer Litom. Litom Itmar. It didn't say Lechol, it said, didn't say to eat, it said to taste. What difference does it make whether um, Rav Shmuel, uh, whether Rav said you're not allowed to eat before the person who said Hamotzi or you're not allowed to taste before the person said amotzi. What difference does that make? No, a person's obligated to quote his Rebbe directly. Um, now this is actually a very uh, practical aloha for generally our Shabbos meals. You now what often happens is the person, the, the host that says hamotzi, he cuts the challah, he starts distributing it, and then he picks up a piece and eats it. So you're not allowed to... Oh, not such a problem, I'll show you now in Aloha. But either way, um, either way, they shouldn't, they shouldn't taste from their bread until he's eaten from his bread. Shulchan Aruch says, I'll read it in Shulchan Aruch, but it uh, comes out from... Uh, yo, we'll just, uh, so, so let's just... Uh, sorry, one second... Um, the Tosfos here says as follows it brings the Yerushalmi it says Yesh it's the end of the fourth line in Tosfos it says Yesh Yerushalmi Yesh and Yerushalmi there is because Yesh lekol echod kikoro oi koiso biyado yecholim lishtos afilu koidem hamavorech if each person has their own glass of wine or their own uh, um, or their own piece or their own roll in front of them then they can taste before. Right, so if you, instead of, so what, the, just regarding Kiddush, because that will be easier to understand, it's more similar to how we do. If you have one person saying Kiddush on a cup of wine, and then he's going to pour some and distribute it to the others, again, they're not allowed to drink before he's had some of his wine. If, however, they each have their own glass of wine in front of them, even though he says Kiddush and Akafen on behalf of everyone, they can each drink from their own cup before he's drunk from his cup. Um... That's, uh, and it would be the same with Hamotzi if you have your own bread in front of you. Then he says, um, And we actually saw Rabbeinu Shimshon did that. Uh, I think Rabbeinu Shimshon is the famous Rashmi Shans, one of the great Balei Toysvahs. He, he was at the Chupa, and the Choson said Hamotzi. And Rabbeinu Shimshon ate from the bread that he had in front of him before the chassan had eaten from the bread in front of him. Why is that? Because again, he had his own bread in front of him. So when the chassan said, Amotzi, it fell on that bread as well. And just very interesting, I don't want to go into this. It is discussed, la But the next line in Tosa says, Vahasar me The count from Kusi, or the prince from Kusi. A very interesting, one of the Balei Tosfas. It's an amazing story written about him. He was... Uh, um, he was uh, one of the Baletosis, he used to sit and learn, and his brother supported him. One day his brother went, like was going to go on a little bit of a business venture, and it was a little bit uh, suspect, it's, uh, the, the honesty behind it. It's a little bit thing, this brother. He didn't know about it, but he said he needs his brother to come with, I guess to gain, uh, help his reputation. He needed his brother to come with. He didn't really want to leave his yeshiva, but he, he went with him. And on the way, there was a storm and they got shipwrecked and captured by pirates. He ended up being involved with uh, saving Richard the Lionheart from, uh, from uh, Muslims, from or Arabs. And then, uh, he, and then he got appointed as the... The, I don't know what he's called, the Count, the Prince of uh, Kusi. So this Sarmi Kusi was one of the Baletosos who was pointed as a prince over that land. And it brings Halakha from here every now and then we see, uh, see him quoted. Okay, that's uh, just an interesting side uh, point.
point on this Tosvos, the Sar Mikusi, Mikutsi. Yes, so in so Shulchan Aruch says as follows. The people gathered around are not allowed to taste from the food until the one who said hamotzi. Sorry, the people around are not allowed to eat from the bread until the person who said hamotzi on the bread has eaten from it. Again, he's saying hamotzi on the loaf of bread on behalf of everyone. But avamuta, the Ramor adds in, he says avamuta lechol avamuta losa is lechol echod koide chelko koidem sheyoychalhu. You're allowed to put the bread before he's allowed to cut it and or break it and distribute the bread. They just must wait for him to taste first. So he is allowed to. I think one of the reasons some people don't is firstly they want less of an interruption, yeah. And then secondly, a lot of people don't know this halacha. So as soon as you give them the bread, they're going to eat it. As soon as you give them the bread, they're going to eat it. So maybe preferable take a bite before everyone has, and then. Uh, Oh, so if he has if each person has their own role and they're not waiting for bread from the one who said Hamotzi, eat straight away. Yes. Yeah, he wouldn't have to, you're right. Um, and it would be at some uh, like wedding. Sometimes you get a role in your place. You know, like at certain dinner uh, dinners, each person has a role in their place. They don't have to, even though there's one person saying hamotzi for everyone. They don't have to wait for him because they're not eating from his role. Since the imu shabbos, I'll come to that soon. The imu shabbos tori shehei lefnei masubim leche mishnah chutz mimash lefnei habotzaya. If it's shabbos, you would have to have leche mishnah before you. Then you can eat before the botzaya. Remember, on Shabbos you have to say hamotzi on two loaves. So if the botzaya, the one who's saying hamotzi, has two loaves in front of him, and you only have he has two rolls in front of him, and you only have one roll, well then you have to wait for some of his leche mishnah before you can't. The Mishabura says the only issue of covered here would be uh, um, if you're eating from his bread. If you have your own bread in front of you and he says hamotzi, well, it covers whatever's in front of you. Again, just to remember, on Shabbos, if you're going to eat from your roll before the, from your bread before the one who's saying hamotzi on behalf of everyone, you must make sure to have lechem mishnah. Yeah, interesting halacha, not many people are aware of, but that's the din. Again, it's important to note, if you've applied hamotzi, you get challah before the person who you, you've passed challah from the roll that he set up, from the loaf that he says hamotzi on, you're not allowed to eat it before him. Same at Kiddush, so let's say he's pouring all the wine into the, he has his plate of little Kiddush cups and he's pouring wine into all of them and then he starts passing it out before he's drunk himself. You're not allowed to drink from that wine before the one who said Hagofen uh, has. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then you don't have this confusion. The only thing is, uh, on the one hand, firstly, people are very unimpressed with drinking from the cup before distributing. Oh, you point. Yeah, and then drink, yeah. And then also sometimes it can slow down the process. If the person, he starts cutting, he starts eating, then he starts cutting and everyone's waiting. So I guess there way there are other ways, but that, that's that. Okay, let's go on. Um, if two people are eating from the same uh, serving dish, they must wait for each other. I, if someone, it seems, yeah, the, the, they explain, for example, if someone uh, pauses to have a drink, whatever, so you're all pulling food from, you, you and someone else are eating from a central dish, that is, you're having pita and hummus, and you're dipping your pita in the same hummus, and the guy pauses to have a drink, you mustn't carry on eating without him. I wasn't sure of, and they said, but if there are three people, you don't have to wait. I wasn't sure of the exact reason for the halacha. I should have actually just looked, um, I should have looked it up. But I was thinking maybe the concern is if two people are sharing a dish, every time you see the other guy go for uh, some of it, you're going to get a little bit panicked and want to go for it straight away. And if you're in the middle of drinking or something, you might choke. I, I, I should have checked up the halacha behind the, the halacha. Maybe it gives a reason, but I didn't. Um, then it says, The one who says hamotzi is given right to eat first. 
If he wants to give honor to his Rebbe or someone greater than then he's allowed to. Uh, even though he says, so the person who says Amotzi gets first rights to the dips, but yeah, he gets dibs on the dips, but uh, he's not allowed to, uh, but, and, but he is allowed to offer it to someone else. Rabbi Balchana have also Rabbi Babachana was preparing a wedding for his son into the family of Rav Shmuel Bar Rav Katina. And he was teaching his son. Often the Chatan, and I guess also now he's going to start his own family and his own house, he's going to have to start running the meal himself. So he's teaching in these halachas. So he told him, You're not allowed to say, start cutting up the bread until you hear Omein. Why? Because Omein is a part of the brocha. And we learned earlier in the Masechta, you're not allowed to start cutting the bread until the end of the brocha. So it would be the same thing with Omein. No, you only have to wait for a majority of people saying Omein. Oh, what's the difference if, if majority of people haven't finished Omein? It's as if they haven't finished the brocha. Sorry, what's the difference whether it's most people who haven't finished their brocha, I haven't said Omein, or a few people haven't said Omein? At the end of the day, you should wait for even a few people. You should wait till everyone said Omein. So, No, because I hold someone who drags out Omein too long is making a mistake. You shouldn't do that. And now we're going to mention how should you say Omein. So, You shouldn't say a snatched Omein or a chataf Omein. Instead of saying Omein, you say Omein. You shouldn't be careful not to say that. The law Omen Katufen, also not a cut off Omen. What? You say Omen without finishing the Nun. You must make sure to say Omen, not Omen, and not say the Nun. The law Omen Yasoyman, you shouldn't say uh, Omen Yasoyman. Rashi here explains what's Omen Yasoyman. Is you don't know what Omen you're answering to. You walk in and you hear everyone saying Omen, so you join in and you say Omen. That doesn't count. I remember another pshat. Maybe I'm mixing up something, but I remember pshat is you shouldn't wait. You shouldn't hear the bracha, pause, and then say omein. You must say omein very close to the bracha. That's another pshat in omein yisum, if I remember correctly. Um, Rashi brings very interesting. Oh, but there's a famous Gomorrah about the famous shul in Alexandria. It was so huge, and so many people davened there that not everyone could hear the shliach tzibur at the front of the shul. So they used to have signs. And they'd hold that with flags, signs to tell you when to answer Omein and what to answer at what time. He says, that seems to be an Omein Yosome, they can't hear the bracha. So he says, no, it's not. Because there they knew what bracha they were answering Omein to and they knew when to answer Omein. Which is interesting. So therefore it comes out, if you don't know what, if, as long as, it seems as long as you know what bracha is being said, even if you don't hear the actual bracha, you can still say Omein to the bracha. I don't know if you'd be Yoitze necessarily, that's a separate discussion, but you can say Omein. Then it says, The law Yisrok Brocha Mipiv, you shouldn't throw a Brocha from your mouth. Remember, Brocha's praise to Hashem, so don't hurry it. Brocha, don't try to get it over like it's a duty, it's something you just have to do. Say the Brocha nicely and, uh, nicely and carefully. Ben Azai, Omer Ben Azai said, Kol Omer Omein Yosoma, Yiu Bonim Yosoma. Anyone who says an Omein Yosoma, his sons will be orphans. Chatufa, Yichatfu Yomov. If someone says Omein Chatufa, they will snatch some of his days. Katufa, Yiktafenu Yomov. Someone who says a short Omein, they will summer abbreviate his days, shorten his days. V'chol Amarich Bo Omein Marichim Lo Yomov V'Shloisav. And anyone who draws out their Omein will have long life. Um, will draw out, will have a, any, he'll have a long laugh. Um, yeah, Yom of Ushnoisov, he'll get long days in life. Um, remember we mentioned earlier, what's your long days in life? So not only will you have quantity, you'll also have quality. Days is you'll have good days and uh, full days and long laugh. Um, okay, but again, also like remember we saw Rav Chizda, don't drag out the Omein too long. Because then you run on the other trouble. So you've got to get the right balance. Say Omein nicely. Rav Shmuel have a Yosef Basuda. Say Rav Shimi Barchia have a comma. 
Sarev of going back to Mazuman. So now we know you've got to eat together to make a Mazuman together. As you're going to see, you don't have to eat the whole meal together. You just have to be part of some of the meal. So, Rav and Shmuel were eating their meal, and Rav Sini Bar Chia was hurrying to eat so that he could join in their meal. So, Omale Rav, Matat Khalid, Starufa, Ibaharan, Ananachilinlan. Says, what, you want to join us for Mazuman? It's too late. We've already finished eating. We finished eating, and now you joining us and eating. It's too late. You're not eating with us. So, if you would bring me Ardala mushrooms, or you would bring uh, the sort of chicks or a prepared dish for Abba, for Rav, would we not eat? I will, we'll finish, we kind of finished our meal, but we still prepare to eat more, so it's not the end of the meal, and therefore he can actually still finish eat, uh, eat a bit and join us for our Muzuman. Tamidei de Rav Yossi Basuda. Yeah, interesting, Shmuel calls Rav Abba. There are two explanations on that. One is that Abba was his actual name. Rav's name was Abba, so Shmuel's referring to his colleague by his name. And the other chat is Abba is a, is a language of respect. So Shmuel's referring to Rav as Abba. Two, uh, two very different uh, chatim on the name Abba. Tamidei the Rav, Hobo Yossi, Basura, Ol Rav, Acha, Omri, Asa, Gavre, Rabba, the Mavoreklon. The students of Rav were sitting and eating a meal, and Rav Acha came along and he said, Who's the greatest amongst us to bench? So Omri Luhu, Misa wrote to the Godom of Do you think that the greatest person must lead the benching? Ika Sudosom of a person who's been here the whole time from the beginning of the meal, should say the Brocha, should lead the benching. The Halach is no, the greatest person can say the Brocha, even though he's come later. Let's say everyone's going to Surah Shlishit, people have vast, they nearly finished their Surah Shlishit, and the Rav comes late, uh, he was talking to someone on the way to Shul, he comes late and he sits down and he eats. Even though he's joining them for the end, he can still lead the benching. The Godel can still lead the benching, even though he wasn't there from the beginning of the meal. Ochel demai. Now we're going back to our Mishnah. Our Mishnah gave a whole lot of things that even if the person ate them, they can still join in the mitzvah. Now the question with all those things is that some suspect, like he shouldn't have been allowed to eat them. And we have a, the Apostle says, call ha... Someone who steals and blesses says a bracha on that, not Hashem is actually doing blasphemy. So what do we learn from there? That any you're not supposed to say a bracha over Isur. And you can't join someone who's done an Isur, who's eating Osur, something they're not allowed to eat. You're not allowed to join them in your Muzuman. It's uh, blasphemy. It's a uh, Degrading to Hashem that you're doing Isurim um, because of this. So you said if he eats... Pardon? Yeah, it would be the similar, similar thing. Awful um, demai. So one of the things he said, if he ate demai, he can join in the Mazuman. He says, no. He says, holo chazilai. But he's not allowed to eat demai. So the Gomorrah says, no. Kivan di boy mafke lehula lenirsei haveoni vechazilai. No. Because if he wants, he can declare all his property hefker. And then he's a poor person, and a poor person is allowed to eat the mai. Remember, the mai is a xerid it's, it's You buy grain from an amoret, and you're not sure whether he took master or not. So then we have to separate the mai. But it's the because Doraisa, most amoretsim, did still separate masters. And therefore, they were lenient in the case of Oni. Where do you see this? The Tanish learned to mention, Machilin es anim, the mai, the es achsenai, the mai, you're allowed to feed the anim, the mai, and the guest, the mai. Uh, someone who's yeah, out of town. Even though Beishamai said you can't, we would paskin like this Mishnah that you can actually feed them Demai. Um, and therefore, it's, it's a very weak Isur. This that you, this person's eating Demai, granted he shouldn't, it's very easy to be doing it in a mutar way. It is it that declare all my property, Hefker, and then he can go and take a bath. So since it's very weak, they allow him to say the bracha. Then we said, If you had Maserishon, that trumo is taken. Now remember how you're supposed, just before we go on, let's just remember how you're supposed to separate the grain. So the farmer harvests the grain, finishes the process until it's called digun. He makes a pile that's he smoothed over. That's with basically just the kernels. If I remember, that's almost just before taking it to be uh, ground. You've done most of what would be called the external out in the field uh, processing. And it's just, so you've got this pile of grain that you smooth. 
the, this is the correct way. Then the kohen, you give plus minus 2% to the kohen. From what's left, you give 10% to the levy. The levy takes, te- that's maser. The levy takes trumas maser. He takes 10% of what he's received and gives it to the kohen. Pardon? Not 2%, 10%. If I remember, Trumas Maser, as far as I remember, is 10% of what the Levi got. So, Gemara he says, if you had, so the Mishnah says, if someone has Maser Rishon that he's taken Truma, that's fine. It's supposed to be done like that. So, he says, Pshit, isn't it obvious that he's allowed to join in the meal? So, he says, no, the Hebrewish Mimenu Trumas Maser, the Hebrewish Mimenu Trumas Gedola. No, it's where he jumped the gun and he separated when it was still in the ears. It was still. It wasn't the finished product that's high of Intrumus or Masters, it was a bit early. Why in that case, in that case, Hifrish Mimenu Trumus Masavelo, Hifrish Mimenu Truma Gadoila, you might think. So what happened here? You had this pile of grain still with the core with the grain still in its ears, still in the sheaves. Now there it's not yet Chav in Truma and Master. But the Levi came and took ten percent. So you would think that he, and then he separated from that his Trumas Maser. You would think that he has to separate what he owes the Kohen from actual Truma. Because now the Truma, the Kohen, instead of getting 2% from the whole harvest, he's going to get 2% from 90% of the harvest. So you're actually taking, I think it works out to be about 0.2% what owes to the Kohen. So in that case, he says, no, in that case... You still, you're allowed to join him in the meal. That's mutuk Rabbi Avu. This is in line with Rabbi Avu. Dama Rabbi Avu, Amar Ishlokesh, Rabbi Avu, Sin Amar Ishlokesh. Maase Rishon Shehikdimo Bishvilim Potumi Truma Gedoyle. Maase Rishon that you um, jumped the gun and separated when it was still in sheaves. You exempt from Truma Gedoyle. Shenemar, as the Posuk says, one second, Shenemar, as the Posuk says, Vahari Moisimi Menu Truma Hashem, Masimina Moiser. You must separate for me Truma for Hashem, Maser from Maser. Maser Mina Maser, O Martilochovolo, Truma Gedoyle, Truma Maser Mina Maser. From Maser, when the lave is taken is Maser, you only have to separate Truma Maser and not Truma Gedoyle. Again, it's unnecessary. You could just say the lave must separate Truma Hashem. Why does it have to then come along and say, Maser mina Maser? No, that's to emphasize specifically Truma's Maser from Maser and not Truma Gadola. Yes, yeah, sorry, what did you want to know? Yeah, Truma Gadola is the first Truma that the coin is supposed to get first. This lady went when it was still in the ears and took his 10%. So there we say he doesn't have to actually separate Truma Gadola. The Truma's Maser that he separates is good enough. It says, Oh, well, then it should be the same thing if the lady separates while it's part of the pile. Again, the Cree is when it's ready to... The Cree is when it's now obligated in Trumas Master. So it should be the same thing. The Levi comes and takes 10% before you've separated for the Kohen. He should have to separate not only the Trumas Master, he should also... He should... Well, as we've just said, he should just have to separate Trumas Master and not Truma Gedoyla. So says, no, Mikol Master Oseichem, the Posuk's Torimu. From all your Master, you must separate Truma. I from Maser, you must also separate Truma Gadoila. Says Omar Roy, so how do you see to learn it this way? We've, we have one posuk which implies from Truma's Maser, uh, from Maser, you only separate Truma's Maser, and now we've got this other posuk which implies that if it's even from Truma's Maser, you will sometimes have to separate Truma, actual Truma Gadoila. So, so the Gemara answers, no, hi, Idgan, Vahilo, Idgan. This has been made into Dogon, this is in its pile, this is now what we would call processed grain, and that's when it's actually chayev in Trumas and Maser. If the levy would then go and take Maser before Truma, when it's actually chayev in Trumas and Maser, then he would not only would he have to separate Trumas Maser, he would also have to separate Truma Gedoyla from his from his Maser. Um, however, if the levy jumps the gun when it's still sheaves, when it's not yet chayev in Truma, then based on the other possible, we have the special drosha, he's let off uh, Truma. He just has to separate from his master. Yeah. He's given it. Yeah, okay, so if I don't remember the halach if he takes by force, but let's just assume. Well, that's something that's uh, yeah, just taking as opposed to being given. I don't, I don't remember the halacha. But let's assume, jumps the gun, he comes to the farmer and he says, I'm desperate, I really need uh, my master now. And the farmer gives it to him in the sheaves, as sheaves. 
then the question is, does he just have to separate Trumas Maaser or also Trumas Gedolah? So maybe that's the scenario, but I'm not sure. Yeah, good question. Then if we said in the Mishnah Maaser, Shaini, Vehegdesh, Niftu, if you separated Maaser, if, if he was eating from Maaser, Shaini, or Hegdesh, that was redeemed. Now he's allowed to eat that. So Pshit, isn't it obvious that he can be included in the Mazuman? A person who's redeeming his own Hegdesh or Maaser has to not only pay the value of the Hegdesh or the Maaser, he also has to add on a fifth. So if he hasn't, but the fifth is not ma'akev. If he hasn't paid the fifth, it's still considered redeemed. Therefore, we can eat it. Hashem is ochel kazais. Hashem is eats a kazais. Pshita, isn't that obvious? He can join in the zuman. No, ma'utetayma. Hashem is lokava. You might have thought that the shamas, the server, the waiter, isn't fixed. He hasn't set to join the meal. Remember, we spoke about earlier kava sudasu. They have to be fixed together. Have to either all be leaning. Well, like Tosa said, sitting at the same table for us. But the Shamas, he's walking in and out, so he's not kava. Kamash Malan, that it is considered kava. The, the, a few of the Rishonim bring, um, don't want to go into all the details of the Machloikes, but they, that this would specifically be the Shamas if he's walking in and out, because that's either how he is kovaya suda. The waiter doesn't have time to sit at the table and join you. He is walking in and out, so that's his kovaya. Unlike everyone else, who if there would be walking in and out, it wouldn't count. So I was just thinking, uh, um, sometimes like a mother, she's in and out of the meal. She sits down for two minutes and one child needs her. She sits down for another two minutes, someone else needs her. Then she has to go do this, then she has to go that, then she goes helps in the kitchen. So is that conveyor or not? So I think primarily she is conveyor. Her intention is to sit and enjoy a meal and plan to eat with everyone. But it could be a question because as we see, a regular person who's walking in and out of the meal, eating like a shamus, like the waiter would, is not conveyor suda. No, so she doesn't have to lead the benching, but once she's been conveyor suda with three men, then she's obligated in zimun. She is obligated in zimun. Um, then we mentioned Bahakuti um, Mazamen Olov. You can include a kuti in benching. He says, A kuti should be considered amoret. He doesn't, an amoret is someone who doesn't keep a lot of the Torah. The kuti also doesn't keep a lot of the Torah. Remember, he primarily only keeps Torah Shebel Sav. None of the Xeris Drabonin and also a lot of Joshit. He says, We have another brother which says, You're not allowed to make a zimun with the amoret. If you have two Tamidei Chachomim and amorets eat with them, there's a special aloha. Since they're there, the whole purpose of the zimun is to add praise to Hashem. For Talmidei Chachomim to add uh, Amoret is not uh, covered to the brocha. It's not appropriate. And therefore, two Talmidei Chachomim would not join an Amoret in their zimun. Very interesting halacha. I'll come back to the practical halacha shortly. Just remind me to. Abai Omer Bakuti, Chove Rova Omer Afilu Tamer Bakuti Amoret. Abai says, no, we're discussing a kuti who's actually a Talmud Chacham. And Rav Omar, and Rav says, no, we could even be discussing a Kuti This is Amoritz, according to the Rabbonin, who argued on Rabbi Meir, asking, and that's the case. The Tanyas we learned to write, but Rabbi Meir says, anyone who doesn't eat Chulin in the state of Tahari is considered Amoritz. It's a very high level. I mean, it seems to be quite a standard practice that people, the Tanoim, would eat their food in a state of tahara, make, treat it as if it was like truma and kochim, etc. But, oh, let's say kochim. But then anyone who doesn't would be called an amoret. So that a kut is obviously an amoret. Anyone who doesn't separate maser properly, that's an amoret, who you don't include in a mezuban. And these kutim do take Sorry, I lost it. But yeah, do take vahani kutai isurish masrei kadechazi. They do separate masrei correctly. The Ramai dilsiv baursa masrei zahiri. Anything written in the Torah, they are careful with. The Omar called mitzvah shechzikah bakutim harbe medaktim boyosem Yisrael. There was a. They had a principle that mitzvahs that the kutim were careful with, they were more careful than Jews. Again, the kutim generally only followed Torah Shebuch Saf, obviously with their interpretations, and not Torah Shebuch Malpeh. But mitzvahs that we knew they were careful with, which are written in the Torah, for example, Truman's Master, they were very sorry, they were very particular to do them properly. So you can, so according to the Rabbonin, who's the Amaret, someone who doesn't keep Trumas, who doesn't separate Trumas and Master. A kutim would separate Trumas and Master, so they're not an Amaret, and therefore you can join, uh, Talmud Chacham could join him in his, Tamidei uh, Chacham could join this kuti with his meal. Remember, this is all according to the opinion at this stage, and, and in that stage in Jewish history, where kutim were considered Jewish. 
So Machlokas other Tanoim holds Kutim weren't Jewish, and definitely later on there was a Xayra that they're not Jewish. But this is all before that, and obviously contributing that they were Jewish. And just Tan Rabon and Aizah Amoritz, who's an Amoritz, called Sha'inot Koyre Kriyash Ma'aviz Vashachris. Divrei Rebilezer. Just different opinions on what Amoritz is. Rebilezer says anyone who doesn't say Kriyash Ma in the night and in the morning. Rebbe Yeshua Oimeh called Sha'inot Meniot Filin. Rebbe Yeshua says anyone who doesn't wait Filin. Ben Azah Oimeh called Sha'inot Tzitzis Bebigdo. Anyone who doesn't wait Tzitzis. Rebbe Nosan Oimeh, or doesn't have Tzitzis on his garment, that's Chavin Tzitzis. Rebbe Nosan Oimeh called Sha'inot Mezuzah Al Pitzko. Anyone who doesn't put up Mezuzah. Rebbe Nosan by Yosef, I'm a call Sha'ish Lobonim for Ainom Agadlim the Tamutor. Anyone who has children and doesn't try to raise them to Torah. To learn Torah. Even someone who's learned Chumash, learned Mishnah, but hasn't learned Gemara, hasn't done Shimush Tamidechachomim, is considered Amoretz. Omri Puna, Halacha Kaachem, the Halacha is like Achairim. Okay, uh, obviously this is what to go into, how they, why they each define an Amoretz like that. But just before we go on, I'd like to bring to Lat the Tosas at the top of the page. He says, What about nowadays? So you're telling me a Tamad Chacham can't sit and Include an Amoritz in a Muslim. So he says, He says, We're not careful with this. This is Tosas at the top of the page. He says, We're not careful with this. And we have, we're accustomed that we do include Amoritz in a Zimun. So if you have just two Tamirai Chachomim and there's an Amoritz, they would still make a Zimun. He says, Why? So just going to skip to the end of the Tosas. To go like, because we Paskin like Rabbi Yossi, who says we don't make these distinctions with Amoratzim, because then each person is going to go start their own religion, go, about, go make their own Mizbah, go serve their own. Okay, if you exclude people, then they're going to say, well, look, this is not for me, I better go do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, fundraising dinner, we're extra lenient. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but that would be Tosso saying, no, we're Paschal like Rabbi Yossi, that we don't exclude Amoratim. Very important and powerful principle. If you exclude people, then they're going to go do their own thing. And that's much worse than having Amoratim. Again, you could almost argue, say, this is the, one of the beauties and the success of South African Jewry, that everyone affiliates with Orthodoxy. They were never excluded. Oh, they drove on Shabbos. They weren't excluded from Shul. They still affiliate with Orthodoxy. And it was very easy for a lot of their children, their grandchildren, to come back to be for Bali Tshuva because of that and uh, you don't have a powerful reform or conservative or the other thing. In other countries where they did exclude them, reform became at many times in history the powerful the powerful representation the powerful and large and very successful representation of Judaism. So uh, you can almost say that Rebiosi is almost proved right. Um, another answer given to this question is that who are we to say we're Tamidei uh, HaChomim? It's granted Rebi Meir or someone can say you know, they can say, I'm a Talmud Chochem, but for us to come along and say, we're Talmud Chochem, is very, would be arrogant. Okay, Rami Bar The reasons given, sorry, the reasons given is, sounds more like they're not Talmud Chochem, right? Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, maybe he's not, he just doesn't know the importance, it could be discussed someone who doesn't know the importance of it. Like, I don't know if we would call it Jude Rash to Shulon Shabbos uh, Apikoros. So I'm saying it would be the same thing. So Jude doesn't put on filling. He doesn't know it's so important. I, I'd imagine. Okay. But here, the, as I said, there's a lot to discuss what exactly, why they each learn that as the definition of, uh, of Amoretz. Okay, back to regarding the last definition, which Rav Huna said was the halacha, that it's anyone who's learned Chumash and Mishnah, but hasn't learned Gomorrah, or hasn't uh, yeah, learned how to pass, and hasn't done Shimush Tamidei Chachomim. Rami Bacham Elo Izmeno Leo de Ramanashe Bar Tachlifa de Tani Safra Sorry. Rav, Rami Bar Chama wouldn't include Rav Menashe Bar Tachlifa, who's learned Sifra, Sifri, and all the Mishnayos. So he's learned a huge amount of Tanaic literature, of, of the Tanaic's works, but he wouldn't include him. Why? Because he hadn't learned Gomorrah yet. He hasn't learned how to, he hadn't analyzed the Mishnahs and the prices to see how to arrive at the halachic conclusion. It says, Rava said the reason that Rami Balchama died was as, pan- was as a result of not including Rav Menashe Batachlifa in a Mizuman. But Rami Balchama was following the Aloha. Anyone who hasn't learned Gomorrah, I'm just going to say Gomorrah from now on as opposed to the how to Paskin from Mishnah or learned with the Rebbe how to Paskin. Let's just call it Gomorrah for simplicity. Um, but 
he says anyone Rabbi Meir said and this is what Rav Huna said the halacha is anyone who has not learned Gemara is not a Tam is an Amoret so he's following the halacha by not including him in a Mazuman he says no Shani Ramanashi Batachlifa the Mashmeluhula Rabbonin no because in an aspect, Ramanashia did do Shimush Tamidai Chachomim. He did learn to a degree Gemara. Why? Rami Barchamahu Deloy Dak Abasrei and Rami Barchamah didn't really check him out sufficiently. He just assumed he was an Amoris. He didn't check out what he was capable of. Loshan Acher Demash Meshmaisem Ipume Derabonin. He listened to the sugyas from the rabbis, from the students learning Vagoris Lehu Katsubin Rabbonin Dami, and he would say the text Vagoris uh, Lehu, and he would then uh, follow their. Conclusions, so therefore he's similar to a Tamil Chokham. How I understood this line is basically, he wouldn't paskin based on analyzing the Mishnayos and seeing the Gomorrah and the flow and then working out the case and working out the halacha, like what we call the Gomorrah discussion, working out the halacha from there. Mm-hmm. That's the true Tamil Chokham. What would he do? He would listen to the other students learning and based on their explanations of the Mishnah, he would Paskin according to their conclusions. So he wasn't on the level that he analyzed the Gomorrahs that he himself learned through the Gomorrah, but he followed the conclusions according to Gomorrah. He didn't read the Mishnahs at face value and Paskin straight from the Mishnahs. That's bad. He Paskin based on the explanation of the Mishnah of the, of the other Tamidei Chachomi, but not that he worked, at, worked through the discussion. It could be similar. So let's say we generally, let's say, Paskin from Shulchan Aruch. So you can't compare someone who's learned the Gomorrah and Shulchan Aruch and the Shach and Taz the, or the primary commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch, and arrives at the Psaq. You can't compare his, that's a real world Psaq in learning the Gemara with Rashi Tosfos. Let's just assume Rashi Tosfos and Shulchan Aruch with Shach and Taz or Mogen Avram and Taz. That's arriving at Talocha. But it's also fun, someone who learns Shulchan Aruch and uses the Mishnah Brut to tell us what Shulchan Aruch means. Again, you're not going through the whole discussion how the Mishnah Brut arrives at that, but you know you can paskin correctly. If you would be paskining straight from Shulchan Aruch, you'd be missing the point entirely. So I think that could be a similar analogy to, uh, to what was happening there. Okay, then it says, Ochel Tevelu Maser. We then went on to the list that if someone was eating, he is not included in the Zimun. So we mentioned Tevel Umaser, etc. So Tevel Pshito, obviously if someone's eating Tevel, Tevel is grain that has not had Trumas and Maser separated from it, and it's a severe issue to eat from that grain. So obviously you can't include it in the Mizuma, the Mizuman. So he says, betevel It's where it's only considered Tevel Drabonan. For example, a pot plant that is not, does not have a hole. A pot plant is not have in Trumas and Maser's Doraisa because the the grain, though, whatever you're growing in it, is not drawing nutrients from the ground. So if, but the Rabbon and the rabbi said it is. So that he can still join with the Mazuman, even though he's only transgressing a Rabbonin. Maser Rishon. We said Maser Rishon, that Truma had not been taken from it. Pshita, obviously, if the Levi hadn't separated his Truma from the Maser Rishon he got, it's the same as Tevil. So obviously if someone's eating, the lady's eating that, or someone's eating that, he can't join in the Mazuman. So No, the case is where he jumped the gun at the, at the Cree, at the pile. Remember we said once it's made into a Cree, into a pile, then it's chayv, this is at the top of the page, and it's going to become important again, it's chayv in truma and maser dorisis. If the lady takes his truma's maser, um, Sorry, the Levi takes his maser from the pile once it's already in a creed. It's chav in Trumas maser. And then he separates Trumas maser. You might have thought that's good enough. This is, the Gemara is going to say that. But you might have thought that's good enough because the Apostle says maser mina maser. You only take Trumas maser from maser and not Trumas gadoila. But remember we explained that's only if you take it while it is still in the sheaves before it's chayav. In Truma and Maser, strictly speaking. But if it's in the Cree, then you would have to separate Truma. So he says, You might have thought, Like Rav Popa asked Abaya. As I just pointed out, that you only take Truma's Maser from Maser and not Truma from Maser. He says, No. The Mishnah is answering that we go like, it's coming to teach us, like Abaya answered him, 
They know that's only when it's taken in the sheaves. But once it's in a creed, then he would also have to separate from her. And it would be also to eat it. Maser Shaini Vakulu. We said Maser Shaini that had not been redeemed. Chitta Maser Shaini that hasn't been redeemed has to be eaten in Yerushalayim. If he's eating it anywhere else, he's definitely doing an Aveira and he shouldn't be included in the Mazimun. It says, No, it's where it was redeemed, but it wasn't redeemed. Kehil Chason. What does it mean? Yeah, sorry. And then, so what does it mean? Master Shani wasn't redeemed correctly. If he redeemed it onto a, I said a blank coin. It hasn't been, uh, what's it, printed. Uh, hadn't been minted. Hadn't been minted. Um, you can transfer the Master Shani Kedusha onto money, but it uses the this phrase, Bitsarato, which it says, Tsura, the coin has to be minted. So even if you have a solid gold coin, but it's blank, you can't transfer Maser onto that. You might have thought, okay, it's good enough that if he ate Maser like that, he can join in the Mazuma. No, it's not tr- the Maser is not considered redeemed. He can't. Hegdesh, what would be Hegdesh that's not redeemed? Obviously, if he's eating a sacrifice that hasn't been redeemed, it's a sacrifice. He definitely is fulfilling an Osir. says, no, Shechalelo al-Gabe Karkats, where he redeemed it onto land, the Lord Potur, Podu Bekesef, and he didn't redeem it with Kesef. Rachman Omar, again, this is paraphrasing a Pasuk, that he must place it on Kesef, on Kesef, and then it's redeemed. I again, Hegdesh uh, has to be redeemed on money, you can't redeem it with land. Okay, because I say Shamas who ate less, less than a Kazais also can't join him. Shit, isn't that obvious? No, I did the Tanaresha, Kazais, Tanasafa, Pachas, Mikdash. Since we taught in the Rasha, a Kazais, we taught in the Safa. Less than a kazais, just to keep the Mishnah uniform. Then we said, Isn't it obvious that if a, you can't join in a non Jew in the Mazuman? says, No, we're discussing a ger who's had Miller but not filler. Remember, there are two stages, well, actually, three parts to Miller, to conversion. There's Miller, Tfila, and accepting the mitzvah. So if he's only done Miller, you might have thought that's good enough to include him in the Mazuman. No. Rabbi Zaira said, name of Rabbi Yochanan, as long as the ger has not gone to mikveh, he's still considered a non-Jew. We mentioned that women, slaves and children cannot be included in the Mizimun. They changed this to Rav Asi. If you have a child in a cot, you can use him in the Mizimun. But we just learned in our Mishnah that you can't include Katanim, children. So he's saying if you have two men and a little child in the cot next to you, you can include him in the Mazimun. But our Mishnah says you can't include children. It says, No, you can't make a Mazumun of three with him, but you can use him as one of the ten. You can almost include him in a minion. So next time you're short of a minion, just bring your baby to shul, according to what we say. It says, Rabbi Shur ben Levi says, further nine, if you have nine people and a slave, you can also count that as a minion. I generally, who can count in a minion, ten males over, ten Jewish males over bar mitzvah. But he's saying a slave who's a semi-Jew, who's more like a woman regarding mitzvahs, can also can count for one of the minions. There can't be more than one, but you can have nine men and a slave. Oh, I'll challenge us. There was a case with Rabbi Eliezer who came to Shul and he did, there, weren't, there wasn't a minion. So he freed his slave to make a minion, to have ten. It sounds like only if the slave is freed is a proper Jew can he count as part of the minion, not if he's still a slave. So there's no tray Israel. They actually needed two for the minion. So Rabbi Lezer freed one, used one of his slaves as the slave, the tenth, and he freed his other slave so that there are nine regular Jews and one slave. Says, how could he do this? Rav Yehuda says, anyone who frees his slave transgresses a positive commandment as the Apostle says, they shall serve you forever. A slave has to serve you forever. If you don't let him serve you forever, you free him, you transgress a negative commandment. You transgress a positive commandment. So the Dovor Mitzvah shiny for a Mitzvah it's different. Oh, Mitzvah Bob Avery, but it's a Mitzvah that's coming through an Avera. You're doing the mitzvah through someone who did the Aveira of freeing their slaves. His mitzvah, the rabbin shiny. No, for the community it's different. Well, so you're allowed to, in this case, davening with a minion which serves everyone, 
is more of a mitzvah than the issue of freeing the slave. Okay, there's a lot of discussion around the mechanics of how far do we take this, when do we say this, when does this issue apply, like how, like are you never ever allowed to free a slave, like are there not cases where you should, or maybe it's the just and right thing to do, Can't you know, so those are, that's a big discussion, but we don't have time to go into it. Let's just go a little bit further. Rabbi Shul ben Levi says another halacha regarding a minion. You should always get up early and make sure that you're from the first ten to arrive in Shul. Because then even if ten people are after, he receives the reward of all of them. You think he receives all their reward. You tell him if you come to Shul as number eleven, you're not going to get any reward for diving in the minion because one of the other people are going to get it. No, he gets the reward equal to all of them. Again, you need to discuss what's the mechanics again, why does he deserve it? But I guess the foundation is that Tzibur is built around those ten that were there first. So they get reward equal to everyone davening there. Rav Huna says, if you have nine people, you can include the Aaron Kodesh as the tenth. What, you're telling me that this, the Aaron's a person? We know you need ten men. Ella Omar Abhuna Tisha Nirin Starfin. No, since you have nine, it looks like you have ten and therefore you can include it. So Omri La Kimakhne Kimakhni Kimabadri. Some say this is specifically when you have the ten people, the nine people gathered close together, because when people are in a crowd it looks more like ten. And some say no, it's actually when they spread out more because then it's harder to count, so it looks you'll assume it's ten. So there does seem to be a heter in that case. For a Muzuman, if you have two people and it's Shabbos, you can say we have a Muzuman. Is Shabbos a person that you can count it as part of the Muzuman? What he meant is, If you have two Tamidei Chachomim, who are constantly debating in Allah, they're constantly sharping each other, you can join, they can count this, they can count as a Muslim of three. When they were discussing this halacha, so Rav Chista said, this is like me and Rav Sheshes. If we were eating together, we could have a Muslim. Rav Sheshes, when he was learning, he pointed at Rav himself and Rav Chista said, it's like us, we could make a Muslim. So Rav Chista and Rav Sheshes' learning was very, uh, very effective. Just, I think what this is based on, again, we're going to see over the page, we're going to leave it at this piece of Gomorrah for today, we're going to see over the page that we don't really paskin like these, but I think what this idea is based on, remember we saw early on in the page that three women are actually better than two men because part of the dimension of Muzuman is you need three different minds. If you have two Tamidei Chachomim who are constantly debating and sharpening each other, their minds are like three. And therefore they can count as a Muzuman. Maybe that's chat in that circle.